listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. everybody it's another week of minor league news and brews here as you can see anybody that's on the video feed i got my brain to marauders hat on because as we all know it all starts in bradenton uh today i'm gonna do something i was planning on doing last week uh sorry guys didn't get to the episode but wanted to still follow through with something that i had think been thinking about and I kind of looked at each level of the system from Bradenton to Greensboro to Altoona, the whole way up to Indianapolis. And as we all know, there's prospects uh, that we, you know, may be looking at or maybe thinking about could be having either a breakout, taking a step forward, continuing the success that they were having, uh, you know, bounce back seasons, whatever it may be from prospects. So we have like these lists of players that, you know, we're going to be keeping an eye on and some that may come out and surprise us. We don't, you know, know what players are going to do from year to year Uh, on this show. We've talked about with uh, experts, with writers, with the broadcasters that, you know, a lot of these are very, very young guys. So they may come back with an extra, 15 to 20 pounds on them, may have an adjusted swing, may have an uptick in velocity, a little bit more power, whatever it may be. So I kind of wanted to just like walk through uh, the systems, uh, starting with Bradenton. And I'm going to go with what people may see as, you know, the negative side of things. I thought about like whether this would be like disappointing, discouraging, And I felt like those were like a little bit too harsh for, you know, some of these young players, especially since, I mean, once again, I don't want to keep bringing it up, but um, in previous years, these guys could be in Bristol. They could be in short season in West Virginia, or they could be in the FCL because, you know, the Pirates used to have two FCL teams. They had the, the black team and the gold team down in the FCL, and now it's just the FCL Pirates. So it's, you know, I know they can, you know, move guys in and out of there uh, from Pirate City, also down from Bradenton, uh, doing rehab assignments there as well. But, I mean, previously you had rosters, you know, that would be uh, 28 guys, maybe 30 guys on each uh, team. So you got like 60 guys there. You know, cut that in half and you, you have to find a place for all of these these guys. And the FCL has started, so... I definitely take a uh, keep an eye out for some of the players. Uh, Yordani De Los Santos, my favorite prospect in the FCL, Axel Plaz. Uh, there's there's a lot of good people to be watching uh, as I'm recording here on Thursday. Uh, John Drecker 
from Pirates prospects announced uh, Michael Kennedy, the left-handed pitcher, former uh, New York Gatorade Player of the Year, is making his professional debut. Uh, so keep an eye out for some highlights, for some stats from there. But let's get into, I guess, what would be the downs uh, within the Pirates system. And when I say downs, it doesn't mean that you know these players can't bounce back. It's more of just you know, I was maybe looking for more or expecting more from some of these players at this point in time during the season. Uh, And the biggest one for me that sticks out in Bradenton is Javier Rivas, six foot six shortstop uh, from Venezuela. I had a, a fairly decent FCL last year, OPS sitting around 757, did have some problems with some strikeouts, struck out uh, around 40 sometimes, walked only about 10 times, was looking for him to maybe be a little bit of one of those breakout guys uh, here just because of the skill set, the athleticism. Really, really struggled in Bradenton. I believe within the past few days here was – uh, sent back down to the FCL to get some work, batting around 188, uh, OPS sitting at a 477. But the biggest thing for me is that he had 74 strikeouts to 10 base on balls, and and that is just not going to cut it. Um, even in low A Bradenton, you can only let that go on uh, for so long. Another guy, I got to see him pitch on the backfields when I was down there uh, for spring training, Alessandro Eccarlani. Uh, that's a, it's, he's from San Marino. I, and I believe it was like an island of like something like 3,000 people. I, I may be off a little bit right there. I had performed fairly well uh, in, Limited action, the FCL last year, 30.1 innings, had a, a 1.286 whip. Uh, and I was just kind of looking for him to kind of get into uh, Bradenton and, and continue along with that. Made uh, Has made eight starts, and he has been coming on, has been improving. So this may you know end up turning into... And up. I mean, we're only on June 8th here. We're about two months into the season. I, uh, You got July, you got August, you got September. So, I mean, there is still time for this to turn around. But right now has about a 522 ERA, a 1.806 whip. And if you want to go back and listen to one of the previous shows I did, a lot of times here, like with the the guys in low A, I'll be talking about OPS for uh, the hitters, their strikeout rates to, to walks. And then for the pitchers, I focus a lot on, I mean, the ERA might be a little bit, I don't know, a little bit thrown off. I'm not sure like how they're calling errors down there. Sometimes there's plays. It should be errors that, that aren't called errors. And sometimes, you know, you'll see a guy with a line where he has given up seven runs and maybe only one of them's earned. So a lot of times it's just looking for, you know, how many guys they're putting on base, the walks and hits per innings pitched. And, and for Ekerlani, it's it's not something that, you know, is – it's not too great to see for him right now. 
Uh, moving up to Greensboro, I could change hats for everybody that's on there, but I'm just going to keep this one on because I got my headset on and I'll, I'll end up like, you know, fumbling and, and knocking some stuff over. And it's Po Yu Chen. I saw Po Yu Chen pitch in Bradenton last year. He has a really, really good curveball. Uh, his velocity, fastball is not going to, not going to tick up there too much. High 80s, low 90s, good control. Uh, and that was like his calling card in Bradenton last year. Had a whip about 1.261. I uh, hasn't moved up that much in Greensboro. And I know we'll, I want to get to this. I want to get somebody on here uh, that covers uh, the South Atlantic League just because. I've been looking at the dimensions of all the ballparks because we always talk about, you know, the bandbox, uh, first national bank field down there in Greensboro. But I've seen uh, some of the dimensions for the parks throughout the South Atlantic league. And I think there might be more than just one bandbox. So for them, I just kind of go to whip 1.338, keeping it like fairly low, but it's not, I was looking for just like a little bit more. Uh, the strikeouts really haven't ticked up um, at all before he was a little bit over uh, the, the, uh, the level of he had 98.1 innings pitched uh, 103 strikeouts last year. Now just a little bit below that 46. I, uh, and, and 45 strikeouts has given up seven home runs. But like I said, I, I don't want to, you know, focus on that too much until I talk to somebody. I, one of the guys I had listed for uh, the top five prospects to watch in Greensboro this year was, was Sammy Siani and, and Sammy Siani had been in Greensboro last year, uh, played some, some summer ball, went over to uh, Australia uh, the Australian Baseball League, and, and played over there just to, to get some more work and hit well there. Uh, when he came back here, I, I was looking for a little bit more. OPS is sitting about 746. Uh, strikeouts and walks are, are getting a little bit closer together. The average of 229 for a guy like that, it's it's not really uh, – he does have some power, needs to hit for a little bit more contact. So when I say down on this one, I'm hoping, you know, he is getting a little bit older, uh, 22 years old. I would like to see him maybe be up in Altoona with a guy that for some reason I always, or I seem to, you know, put them together a little bit more. And that's Connor Scott. Uh, Connor Scott is a year older. So you're kind of expecting for a little bit more from him. Former first round draft pick out of high school. Uh, Altoona, he did spend a decent amount of time, actually the full season in Altoona last year. I uh, hit about 247, had a 697 OPS, and he was playing almost two full years uh, below the average age for that level. So I was looking for, a little bit more of a bounce back. I mean, defensively, uh, you can go on and follow Altoona on Twitter and, and look in there. And he has, you know, come up with some clutch hits, has made some really good plays uh, in the outfield. But right now, his OPS is sitting below 600. Uh, striking out, 
at a pretty good clip. It's it's one that he you know was at last year. He had like about thirty three strikeouts, ninety two walks. Uh, this year it's uh, eight strikeouts and um, well, no, it's eight walks and thirty strikeouts. So I might have had those backwards, but striking out like you know over three times as many times as he's walking. Um, that's not really going to cut it. So that's a definite disappointment. Um, one of the biggest ones for me, and and this is a guy that uh, kind of came out of nowhere uh, to a degree in 2021 was the minor league player of the year is in Altoona for a second season. I was out there for opening day last season in Altoona. I believe he cranked a home run, um, him and Leo Verpaguero. And I was looking for him to continue kind of what he started uh, during the previous season. A lot of that in Greensboro for Matt Frazier, uh, but then did get the bump up to Altoona in 2021. Didn't see... Uh, too much of a decline, a little bit of decline in the power. Uh, last year, 617 OPS for the season, whole season in Altoona. Uh, it's 681 now, um, but I, it's just, it's kind of disappointing to see um, him take, you know, such a step back after having such um, a great season. But it's a guy I'm definitely keeping an eye on. I, I want to see if if he can get back to the form that he had uh, during the previous season. Uh, and then going to the pitching side in Altoona, it's it's two relievers, but it's two relievers who I know in 2022 I wrote about a lot. Um, undrafted free agent from Hartford, uh, that'd be Nick Domkowski. Just really performed well, really well. Kind of worked his way through the system uh, in 2022 started in Bradenton, went to Greensboro, finished the year in Altoona and was looking for him to continue what he did. Uh, right now, his whip is sitting right below a 1.60. Obviously not very good. Uh, in 25 innings only has about 18 strikeouts. Uh, we're last year in 67 innings had about 86 strikeouts. It's a little bit disappointing to see um, the discouraging, the, the words that I, I don't want to use, but those are the only things I can think of to describe this because I was looking for so much more. And then uh, Tyler Samanego, it was somebody who I, I did see pitch uh, in a spring training game when I was down in Bradenton, lefty reliever, another guy that kind of like moved his way through the system last season. I, was in Greensboro, performed extremely well, came up to Altoona, struggled a little bit, but but still, you know, put up some pretty decent numbers. I uh, had a whip that was near elite, uh, below and around uh, the .800 mark. So that's like an elite arm right there. Uh, this year, back in Altoona, thought he could have started in Indianapolis, saw him. I believe once Harleen Garcia was injured, uh, was listing him as, you know, another left-handed option out of the bullpen. Well, right now he has a 1.425 whip in Altoona, only 20 innings. Uh, and like I said, the ERA, and especially for reliever, 6.10 is what people will look at pretty quickly. Um 
that could go up and down, but uh, it will take a little bit longer for that whip to adjust. So hopefully he can get back on track, uh, get going in the right direction. And for Indianapolis and the disappointing, uh, the down, the discouraging area, it's going to be kind of like, I guess, confusing because I'm going to list two names of players that I believe can actually contribute uh, this season. And one of them that can contribute well beyond this season and the first one is Andy Rodriguez. And the reason this falls into like a just more of a disappointing for me is because of the injury uh, to the forearm uh, was on locked on uh, pirates today with my buddy, Ethan Smith, uh, go back and listen to that. And I talked about how, you know, getting out of the rhythm, getting out of the timing also, you know, having a forearm injury, it, it you know, people will say, well, you know, you can still swing a bat. He can come back in DH. Well, got to get the timing back. Got to get the strength back. You know, it, it, if you got a sore far, forearm, try to swing a bat and, and see how that feels. So for me, that was more along the disappointing side of it. Has picked it up in June. Would like to see that continue. But that's more of why it's along the disappointing end for me. Uh, and the other one is Kanan Smith and Jigba making the team uh, big league club out of spring training, uh, mostly because he's been a guy that has shown patience at the plate. Uh, even though, you know, he has had a K rate, uh, somewhere, you know, last year in Indianapolis around 23.9, but also had a walk rate of around 15.1. So showing a lot of patience at the plate, um, obviously did not show up in MLB, had a strikeout rate of around 43, uh, sent back down to, to Indianapolis, and it really hasn't bounced back. It's He's got a 31.1% K rate right around there at this point in time, and then a walk rate of just above 10. So that's really not something that's been um, in his profile before. So I would like to see that even out a little bit more, but to me, that's just kind of disappointing. Uh, maybe, you know, not playing a lot up in, in Pittsburgh and then getting back into the swing of things. You know, some of that may be turning around. I've seen him hit for a little bit more power. So I don't know if he's sacrificing the walks for more power, uh, at this point in time, great athlete. And, and I could see him definitely contributing and being back up in Pittsburgh at some point in 2023, but have to see that move around a little bit. A guy that I had uh, towards the end of last year, you know, and I believe middle last year, and he came up uh, shortly after that, Yerry De Los Santos, uh, then went down to an injury, wasn't performing well, hasn't been performing very well in Indianapolis, got the quick call up uh, to Pittsburgh because they needed some bullpen help, you know, didn't have a bad outing there, but but in general, it, it just really has not been good. Um in in Indianapolis, I mean, I don't, I, I don't even want to really read this. He has a WHIP that's above two point five zero zero at this point in time. So, I, I mean, I don't know the, the velocity's down. I'd like to see him, you know, maybe I, uh, I don't know if you, you not shut down or whatever, but just needs to build back up developmental list maybe uh, just to kind of work on some things. And this other one is disappointing to me because of some of the struggles that the major league team has been having. Uh, 
you need all the starting pitching you can get. And Carmen Majinski did not pitch poorly. Um, may not have been lights out in Altoona last year. I uh, had a 1.415 whip, a little bit high, but you know, there was a quick decision. And I'm, I wouldn't say quick, but like there was a, a decision to move him to the bullpen. He's got a 1.368 in Indianapolis. Maybe they were thinking, you know, just all arms on deck. It's not saying that he'll be a reliever for forever, but it's a guy that, you know, I would have liked to seen what he could do in Indianapolis as a starter before moving him to the bullpen and not, you know, having to go uh, the other way around. And now after being negative for 20 minutes, <laughs> I'm going to turn around and be very positive here. I, uh, the guys, the ups, uh, maybe some surprises here, maybe some encouraging stuff. Uh, it's stuff that, you know, some players I was really looking forward to seeing and and thought they would perform well. And then other ones uh, that, you know, maybe I didn't see coming, didn't have these expectations for. And all the guys that I listed in like the discouraging thing, those are guys that like I had listed as ones that you know, I was looking for some things from this year. So, I mean, there's, there's probably other ones that you could think of. Uh, so hit me up in the comments, uh, comment on, you know, the video on the audio when it comes out and, and we can definitely have a discussion about it. Going back down to Bradenton and Manuel Torero has really just been kind of lighting things on fire um, in Bradenton. He performed a lot better in the FCL than I remember. I had about an 890 OPS there last season uh, he is still hovering above uh, the 800 OPS mark. Doesn't have a ton of power. Uh, doesn't strike out a ton. Uh, walks a decent amount. Uh, but just uh, just an all-around really good baseball player. And for the pitching side here, it's actually fairly easy. Thomas Harrington, now up in Greensboro. Uh, you know, First-round draft pick last year. Uh, competitive round balance. I believe it was pick 36 out of Campbell University, the Fighting Camels. I'm going to get one of them hats one of these days. Uh, just basically blew away um, the Florida State League. And a, a lot of people, this is just something I want to touch on. It said, you know, maybe you could have you know, been aggressive and, and put him in Greensboro. But I, I go back to something that John Baker said uh, during uh, the offseason where he said, you know, some guys may start a level lower than you think they maybe should or could or would. Uh, just because we want to give them, you know, almost that launching pad to get, you know, have experienced some success, then move up. And, and I feel like this might have been the case with Thomas Harrington. Uh, the other thing, uh, I just did the uh, the top five Pirates prospects that came out on Tuesday. I had two weeks worth of it there. But for me, it was kind of... Uh, noticeable when I looked at something when I was just kind of curious because people are like, you know, maybe he should have been up there. I looked at the splits of his, uh, his pitching performance versus the younger players uh, in the Florida state league. And, and then also versus the, the older players. And, and it was a fairly significant, uh, a decrease, a diff, you know, jump on average on base percentage and, and slugging percentage, 
Uh, so go read that article. But it was just something I wanted to keep an eye on uh, because as he moves up to Greensboro, there's going to be a lot uh, more older players, pe- players his age, not a lot younger players, but he did struggle against the older players in the Florida State League a little bit. Uh, extremely talented kid, still looking for big things from him. And then also getting Tamar Johnson back in Bradenton uh, has been hitting well as of late. You know, had the hamstring injury, slow to start, uh, and is still extremely, extremely young. I could still see him moving up to Greensboro, you know, before the end of the season. Or they may just, you know, each year bump him up a level uh, until it's his time to reach the majors. But that's one good thing there. And then moving up to Greensboro, I mean, every everybody above who wasn't on there, I mean, you're all welcome. The Anthony Solomedo hype train. I mean, the dude has just been absolutely unreal in Greensboro. Uh, whip below, you know, 1.2. Uh, even when he's giving up contact, a little bit hard sometimes. But, I mean, the guy's like – He's like painting down there. It's like the corners, wherever he wants to go, very good control of the ball. Uh, 61 strikeouts through 54.2 innings is what I have right now. Uh, He just looks really, really good. Um, A guy that I'm going to be talking about here, once I see him moving up from Altoona uh, to Indianapolis, I see Solomedo following him behind and getting that bump up to Altoona. And for a guy that goes to at least, you know, a curve game a month, I'm really looking forward to that. I just finally getting to see him pitch and, and to move up to the curve. Um, I got to give, you know, a shout out to, to my boy, uh, Anthony Murphy. If you don't, please go follow Anthony Murphy, follow his YouTube channel, see what he writes on pirates prospects. Um, he's been on the, the Sean Sullivan hype train. I, uh, Pretty much, I, I think since he was drafted, and for good reason, um, he just has pitched, you know, really, really well in in Altoona and pitched really, really well in Greensboro last year. So I think it's somebody um, who just kind of maybe was under the radar a little bit just because of. The other, you know, like you got a Jared Jones. I, like I said, you, but prior to that, I mean, you've got a Quinn Priester in the system, Mike Burroughs, even though he's, you know, injured, you know, with Luis Ortiz coming from out of nowhere, just a lot of pitchers like within the system, Kyle Nicholas. So you're not, it's like one of those guys that, you know, may show up and it's like, where'd this guy come from? Well, you know, the guys that have been following the system, I mean, they know, they know Sean Sullivan has just been, uh, it's just a very solid, reliable pitcher in Altoona this year. And then somebody who just jumped into the baseball, uh, America 100. And before I praise him, I do have to say this. If you are going to share who's on the Pirates list from all of these top 100s, whether it be Baseball America, whether it be MLB Pipeline, you know, whoever it may be, fan graphs, when they update you know, their systems rankings, whatever it may be, Please just share a link to the article because the number of like the amount of time that these uh, people have put into compiling these lists, you know, talking to scouts, researching, watching film, doing whatever. I mean, just it's I think feel like it's doing them a disservice to just, you know, obviously as Pirates fans, that's who you want to see where, you know, your guys are at and where they're listed. And if you want to do that, I mean, that's just fine. But please, like, above that, below that, hopefully above that, you know, encourage people to actually 
open those articles, you know, pay for some of those sites and, and to, to actually, you know, give credit where credit's due to all the people, like not just to get clicks for your, your, you know, Twitter page, uh, those guys have put in a ton of work uh, and this guy has put in a ton of work, you know, Jared Jones, I uh, still, I mean, he's, he's over three years, every single league, he, every single level he's been at, he's been right around uh, at least three years younger to now over three and a half years younger uh, than the person at their level. The, the whip has just gone down every year. 1.47. Uh, in Bradenton, 1.353 in Greensboro, 1.107 in in Altoona. And and you got to see this kid's pitch. I mean, everybody talked about it before the season, like the fastball and everything. When I was down there and, and got to see him pitch on the backfields, I mean, the off-speed stuff is just wipeout. I mean, so when you pair that – and I know a lot of times what we're talking about here, a lot of people believe me, he's got a third pitch, but you talk about everybody was like saying he profiled as a reliever. I mean, that, that will be something that this kid will fight tooth and nail. Uh, he was getting fired up, you know, on the mound, on the backfields, ton of passion, not that, you know, all these guys don't, but I mean, just absolutely ridiculous amount of passion. And then moving up to Indianapolis, encouraging to see, uh, Aaron Shackelford mentioned him on the uh, the regular Box in the Basement podcast this past Tuesday with Chris. Uh, just because he does play some first base, Carlos Santana's been struggling at first base. Um, also mentioned, you know, obviously Andy Rodriguez, but has a little bit of power. You know, plays the position very well. Can also play second base. Can play in the outfield. A lot of versatility. Twenty six years old. You know, might just want to see what you have with him there. But you know, very, very encouraging. Very, you know, somewhat surprising to see you know Aaron Shackelford perform that well. And then I, I always want to point back to Cal Mitchell. Cal Mitchell. A lot of people. I mean, we got to see him in the majors last year. He's a you know a negative point four WAR player. Uh, Cal Mitchell just turned 24 years old. Like the kid's still only 24 years old. And what he always does uh, after getting off to a slow start is he hits in AAA. Um, over the past 28 days, he's got his OPS 891, uh, three home runs, two doubles, uh, walking almost as much as he's striking out. It's definitely he's he's turning things around there. I know defense um, has always been the concern for him, but good to see Cal Mitchell uh, turning it around. And because we didn't have last week, we're gonna we're gonna speed through six delicious beers here. Last week, since the Pirates were on a West Coast swing, I had originally uh, decided I was going to do Firestone Walker, one of my favorite breweries from California. So I test tasted the Psychedelic Arcade, a 6.3 West Coast Golden Rye IPA coming in at 6.3. I gave that a 400 uh, on, and that's the weighted. Uh, not weighted. It's a 450, just a great drinking beer. They have the Hop Gnosis IPA 6.7, American and New Zealand 
IPA. I gave that a 4.25, dropping that down to a 375. The Union Jack IPA, their West Coast IPA, I thought it should be maybe like a British IPA or something. Coming in at 7%, I gave that a 400, dropping that down to 350. And then the Mind Haze, one of my juicy, hazy, tropical IPAs. Everybody knows I love the hazy IPAs. That one, 6.2% coming in. At a 450, drop that down to a 400. And this one has really no meaning whatsoever. I don't know if everybody can see this here. I saw this and I had to have it because the Founders All Day IPA, let me point over here, uh, is one of just my favorite IPAs of all time. Very easy drinking, comes in at under 5%. Uh, that one right for me, that's a 500. Drop that down to a 450. I and mean, that's going to be one of my favorite beers of all time. But what they did is they have an All Day Haze. An all-day West Coast, an all-day Crimson Sky IPA. All of those coming in at under 5%. I, I can't really decide on these ones. So this one, just a blanket, 425. Drop that down to 375 for all of these. Go out, pick this up. I've seen this everywhere. I've seen it over at Creekside. Uh, the good people over there, uh, I saw it uh, up at JR's in Rochester. For anybody that's up there in East Rochester, um, so you could probably find this one just about anywhere. Founders has been one of my favorites. Um, and before we go, as everybody knows, let's go Indians. Let's go Curve. Let's go Hoppers. Let's go Marauders. And let's go Florida Complex League Pirates. 